Now, uh, as your counselor, I'm here to tell you about drugs and alcohol and why they're bad, okay? So, first of all, uh, smoking's bad. You shouldn't smoke. And uh, alcohol is bad. You shouldn't drink alcohol. And uh, as for drugs, well, drugs are bad. You shouldn't do drugs. People get so drunk they'll do a crazy things. This time they'll do anyone. Me, I pull the duvet back over my head. Wake me when this hangover's gone. I have never in my whole life had an hangover never are you doing it properly Monday night. That means it's time for Chain Wrestling Live. How is everybody? It, it certainly is. Uh, everybody is fine. Uh, allegedly, let us know in the chat if you're fine, if you're a bit perturbed, if you're a little bit maybe depressed. Uh, we're here for you. Give us a give us a, a message in the chat and let us know how you all are feeling. Exactly. But anyway, good afternoon, good evening, good morning wherever and whenever you may be listening or even watching from and thank you very much for joining us once again this is chain wrestling live with mags and Sai via radio techers i am Sai, and joining me as always is the twist of fate to my always running late as this week's really show because i came online about one minute before we went live (laughs) (laughs) it was literally about 90 seconds yeah (laughs) ah the straight edge society to our li- listeners struggle with sobriety, looking at some of the responses we've had this week. Um, a podcaster that is one third of the greatest week by week chronological look back on any wrestling brand, any time period available now or ever with a change in attitude. And you don't need any other format show for that. The podfather himself, Mr. Mags, how are we doing, my friend? After that introduction, I am I'm feeling brilliant. Um, Good. And especially today, because today is a very important day for me in wrestling. It's the birthday of one of the greatest things that ever happened in the history of this great sport. Twenty. I mean, (laughs) she's definitely up there, but 22 years today, the most important debut happened in wrestling. Chris Jericho debuted on raw interrupting the rock it's a it's a debut that for me will can never be topped just the electricity in that atmosphere uh the hints of of knowing who it who it was but not really knowing because the internet around that time was still a new thing uh and uh basically we 
you had suspected it was Jericho, but you didn't really know until that music hit and that Jericho flashed up on the screen. I'm getting actually getting real goose pimples over it. It means yeah. that much to me. It's something I watch regularly five, six, seven times a year because it, it just is such a good uh, introduction to the world of uh, of WWF uh, for Chris Jericho. Yeah, and it's uh, amazing. So, yeah, happy birthday, Jericho debut. Yeah, it was a great moment, wasn't it? Absolutely fantastic yeah. moment. Um, I think it might get topped soon, though, when a certain Mr. Punk arrives in AEW. Yeah. Oh, mate, we talk, I was talking to Charlie about that earlier today. Um because obviously she doesn't remember punk first time round, and a lot of people, uh, well, you said yourself, didn't you? You kind of checked out of wrestling at this time. So you don't have the same level of, I suppose, punk love that, that, that potentially I do. Cause I lived through that whole time and, and, and mm-hmm. punk was one of my favorites. Then I was trying to explain it to Charlie. It's the same as if John Moxley, who's currently our favorite wrestler, just knocked it on the head, walked away. You didn't see him for like seven, eight years. But every now and again, you get rumours of him coming back to get you extra excited that never actually happened. Yeah. And then he turns up after like seven or eight years. And she grasped what I meant then, I think, you know, but yeah. The Jericho debut, man. Oh, what a moment. And just the, the back and forth on the microphone with The Rock and so on. Absolutely brilliant stuff, mate. Brilliant stuff. Yeah, certainly. And and even though I wasn't really kind of a, a checked into wrestling whilst Punk was around, and I, I knew him, but he was a, a a huge deal. I mean, you don't get many wrestlers who walk away from the business and then year on year they they keep being rumored to be coming back, and oh. they never do. But those rumors never die down. Uh, every single year, it's still as 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 bright and as fresh in people's minds. So for him to come back to wrestling is a huge deal. I, I totally understand that. I can't wait to see what he does in AEW. Uh, maybe I will get that kind of that secondary punk love um, from from seeing him there. I mean, he won't he won't know about it because he's blocked me on Twitter. I have no idea why. Cause I have Sneak. literally never been involved in a conversation about him on, on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hope. Hope this this goes a long way to kind of revitalize wrestling and get it back to the cool period it was maybe three, four, five years ago. Yeah, exactly, mate. Exactly. Ah, so how's your week been, bud? You been up to anything good? Uh yeah. Um just doing the same old, same old living life, uh worrying about getting COVID, um, just doing the day-to-day ground. Um, had a, an interesting conversation on uh, the Twitter about wrestling. Now we were talking about uh, whether NXT is a failure uh, in terms of what it was uh, originally set out to do and wh- what it was, uh, what it's meant to be doing now. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got some really good discourse of, from that. So I think that may end up being a, uh, a kind of standalone radio tech show where we get a few people involved and get some opinions across. Feels like a, uh, a, a subject right for a round table. So yeah, we've got a lot of uh, uh, irons in the fire, a lot of uh, busy, busy few days coming up with a, it coming into SummerSlam and and stuff like that, but yeah, so I can't complain because nobody gives a shit. <laughs> uh, I've been kind of the same, I think, mate. Really, been working on episodes of Waiting Room with our good buddy Benny, getting that all ready for its launch in a couple of weeks' time. Um, been speaking to people uh, and recording shows ready for the, the, I suppose, the relaunch, the comeback, or whatever of SJP Wrestling Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I went to a wrestling show magazine. I actually, I know. I have been waiting for this episode <laughs> specifically to hear how your how your uh, your trip back to the wrestling went. No, it was good, man. It was good. It's a company we've never seen before. Um, the guy who runs it um, was on SJP ages ago and they did that first mm-hmm. show um and if anyone remembers th- this episode it, it basically was a really interesting discussion with somebody starting up a wrestling promotion but the added difficulty of starting up a wrestling promotion in the middle of a global pandemic it seemed like a crazy si- decision to make but fair play you got the show on board uh, got the show on sorry and this was their second show or maybe third show they'd run and me the wife and the youngest went along um it it's in Evesham. The company's called EVM Wrestling. Okay. And there's a couple of faces on there that are familiar to myself and uh, the, my wife and my two youngest daughters who go to Evolution Wrestling shows weekly, uh, well, regularly. There's um, David Eaton, who's a regular guest on SJP. He was in the main event. A guy called um, Joshua Goodwin, who we really enjoyed, but stepped away from wrestling for quite a while. This was his comeback match, I guess, come back on with a new gimmick and so on. Mm-hmm. Um it was it was good, mate. It was good. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was a bit rough around the edges. You could see it was only their their second or third show. That's all. He's still the guy running. It's all very much learning his way. But it was just nice being able to sit down and actually go to a wrestling show. Go out and sit ringside and watch the matches. It was a very small crowd, very small venue. But it was still being able to go and, and sit with my wife and my youngest daughter and, and watch wrestling. And it just it was just a lovely afternoon. Good. I'm. I'm really glad that not only is they it shows that there's still um, fresh companies out there willing to to take a chance and and bring us uh, uh wrestling content, but I'm glad that you and 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 the wife and the little one got got a chance to to actually go out and see some live wrestling again. That's a it's a, a really cool thing to see. It's kind of a sign that we're getting back to normality. Yeah, exactly. And we're really looking forward to this coming weekend when Evolution Wrestling, the co- that's like our our home promotion, mm-hmm. I guess. It runs yeah. literally down the road from us. Um, it's their first proper show back this weekend that we're going along to as well. So we're really looking forward to that in, in like our favourite venue that they run as well, a social yeah. club in Gloucester. You're really looking forward to that. Um, I also discovered that when certain buses turn up to pick me up and take me to work, I can't sit on the seats properly when I'm wearing my work trousers. Have you seen these posh buses, Max? The the, the ones that have all like the, the screens and the the I suppose it's like fake leather chairs, PVC chair, all this sort of stuff. It's like proper upmarket smart buses, right? Okay, I mean I haven't been on a bus in about maybe five years, so. Okay. Unless buses have changed like fundamentally, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> Basically, they release an X amount of buses. Bus. That are, yeah, they're, they're really, really they're sort of posher than the alternative, I guess. I mean, most buses in Gloucester, um, yeah, bus like yeah. Cheers. I, want, I don't <laughs> want to say it. Uh, Sharon says it, so I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, but I, I've, I've started a new job last couple of weeks, as, as you know, and I have to bus it out to, to where I'm working. And um, one of the downsides of the job is I've got to wear proper smart trousers, which annoys me because I'm, I normally live in shorts. But these seats and these buses, I go over a bump where I'm wearing these like proper smart trousers and I'm on the, I slide off. I just start disappearing. <laughs> you know, even my fat ass and the weight pressing down, I just slide straight off. Every single time we go over a speed bump or go around a corner, I'm sliding back and forth on the seat. It's ridiculous, mate. Does it not have a seat belt? Nah. Mm. Oh, should they have? 
I mean, I think the legally they meant to have a seatbelt. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't, I, I don't know what to suggest. Maybe get changed at work, take a secondary pair of pants. Mm. No, that seems like a lot of. I'll just slow the bike, mate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> stand up. Just no, stand standing, up on the bus, <laughs> mate. You don't get. A, you know, dark players figure like mine without, uh, you know, spending a, <laughs> spending a lot of time sitting down. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I am a hundred percent behind that. Um, there's some uh, comments in the chat. Uh, lots of love already. Uh, Sharon saying, "Hi, you handsome devils." I think she's pluralized that by accident, obviously. Um, and then <laughs> Dave, aka Harry, um, for you handsome beasts. Um, talking about the Jericho uh, intro, God, that makes Sharon feel old. Jesus Christ, it does for me as well. 22 years, it's madness. It's madness. You say about feeling old, I mean, to be fair, my love, Sharon, you you do turn 40 in a few weeks, so, you know, just want to say that. Um, Oh! uh, (laughs) So if anyone uh, tonight is willing to put Simon up, uh, because he may (laughs) have to sleep on the bus, yeah, he carries on like this. You know, I'll get no rest, mate. I'll just keep sliding from side to side, won't I? On the note of, you know, well, anything really, um, speaking last week about chocolate and so on, Magazine, do you remember? And the week before, and you get quite animated, and um, mm-hmm. you, you have strong opinions, don't you, about bubbly chocolate? Let's be honest. <laughs> Some would say strong, some would say mm. ridiculous. I would say quite apt. Right, okay. I went down the shop earlier and I found myself picking up chocolate bars. <laughs> and this is the truth picking up chocolate bars and looking at the back to see how much they weigh and stuff like this. It, it basically it spiked my curiosity, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I've got I've got a few here. Hang on. Right, I've got a few here, okay? <laughs> oh, my good Lord. Right. Now, I want to just draw everyone's attention to, to the price of these. They're all the same price, okay? Because Magsy reckons we're all getting robbed of, of um, chocolate by overpaying when the chocolate bar is half full of air, whether it's, you know, a twirl or a whisper or something like that. These are all the same price in my local shop, okay? Uh, and yeah, this is sad, but it got to me that much, Maxie, when you're slagging off mint arrows that I got I got upset. All right. When you look at the weight of it all, okay, you got galaxy there. The, the ordinary size galaxy, right? Okay. 42, 42 grams of chocolate, that is, mate. Okay, says so there. I don't know if you can see that on the back, can you? Yeah, there we go. 42 grams of chocolate there, right? You got a kit. Oh, hello, I'm big. <laughs> um a Kit Kat, 40 grams. Don't you can make that out there, can you? To angle my light a bit better, maybe. Okay. So then we get to the ones that you say are bubbly, Magsy, and, and you're losing chocolate, right? Again, same price, the Whisper. Okay. okay, it's Whisper Gold, granted, but half of it's bubbles, isn't it, yeah? Well, no, there's a layer of, of, of uh, caramel. Yeah. A, but... a, a waiter. Let's not moving the goalposts now, are we? <laughs> like that, is it? Okay, right. Well, this one is a whopping 48 grams, mate. Yeah, I mean, that that's absolutely fine. Grams. But imagine if all those bubbles in it were filled with chocolate. That would be oh. 80 grams. I should have got um, an ordinary whisper to look at, shouldn't I? Never mind. I got a twirl, and you said about that being all just full of air, and that's 43 grams. Yeah, and imagine if that that air was filled with chocolate. It would be 75 grams. 
So yeah, I'm but right. the point is, no, you're not. Make me small. <laughs> put me small again. I don't like this. <laughs> Just for context for everybody, um, <laughs> when I came onto the onto the live show earlier, I was I was like literally 90 seconds before we went live. I finally got online. Um, I couldn't remember my logins, how to get onto the system or anything. So I've got no control over anything. <laughs> so, I cannot... I, so I could mute him. And yeah, exactly. Tend to be him, <laughs> and in the in the audio release, I could make him say some horrific things. Man, he does edit it, so there is a there is ways out for Simon. Yeah. But... I mean, I, I can't see the chat. Um, so it's up to Magsy to deal with that. I can't, I can't do any of the stuff he just did there, zooming in and out and all that. But then I don't tend to anyway because I don't really understand it. If I'm being honest, <laughs> but yeah, you're saying that we're paying X amount of money. Um, yeah, I did, Charlie. Thank you. My, she was with me. Um, <laughs> Dad, just pick one. <laughs> yeah, stop it. You're embarrassing me. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're the same price, and you actually got more weight in the ones with air so you're getting more for the same money right because trapped air weighs uh weighs grams that's why bollocks <laughs> <laughs> you're really grasping there mate ain't you i am uh, you're really oh, grasping it, it still will annoy me um Sharon, Mags has left the building. No, I'm I'm just one of my ridiculous, ridiculous like, opinions is being shot down. I am used to that. It happens on the <laughs> daily. Uh, it still won't make me like chocolate with air in. Arrows can still get in the bin. Whispers can still get to fuck. Um, I am never going to be a fan of those kinds of chocolates because they are ripping me off. I'd, I'd bite it. They're and would be like. No, I've just showed like, you it's the same price. It'd be like chewing acid, chewing glass, because I know that all those little popping air bubbles could have been chocolate. And instead, it's fresh air, and that would annoy me. But fresh air that you're not paying extra for, you're getting the same... Oh, man. <laughs> you need to give your head a wobble. You get... <laughs> so I've been married for many, many, many years, and the wife still can't let me uh, uh, give her head a wobble over her own. So, oh. unfortunately, being harangued on social media over it will just make me more resolute. I'm going to change my Twitter handle to I Hate Arrows. <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Okay. Uh, Maxi, I believe via the wonderful strength of your memory we're gonna go Ooh, and have I mean, a... that that's a stretch that is <laughs> definitely be better a than mine. Be better than mine and it is needed to go back via memory because the uh person that we're about to discuss has gone as far as to delete tweets and block us but i think we've got a, a pimple dick haven't we this week we certainly have pimple dick alert oh a teeny weenie so, Magsy, who is this loser? Bruce Banner, I believe, was the name he used on Twitter, wasn't it? Uh, that was his kind of um, uh, handle name, but his actual atent was uh, Doctor Doom 2600, I want to say. Right. Um, essentially, it all starts because of this guy right here, Mr. Bagshaw, under the gaze of the good bad uh good cop bad cop uh wrestling podcast causing trouble yet again <laughs> so what graham um tends to do and, it, and hilarity usually ensues he fans or he's past um 
these ridiculous or horrific kind of food takes. And he posted one that uh, somebody um, somebody uh, sent to him saying that um, there's a, now a milk called pickle milk, which to me sounds like the worst thing ever in the history of the world. Mm. Um, so and it's not a nice color either, is it? The bottle, it's not going to no. draw you in, is it? I mean, and that's like the, the fact it's called pilk <laughs> that, that really kind of like throws you off. Uh, the fact it's got 50% more salt than regular milk, I mean, that I mean, more salt is a selling point. Um, there's a 13 grams of high quality pickles in every serving, <laughs> it's actually making me feel nauseous from, from reading said- it. When you say more salt is a selling point, I don't think that applies to milk, does it? Well, sure. <laughs> according to Pilk, the makers of, of Pilk, is, that is a selling point. <laughs> but, oh, okay. And luckily, there was actually no artificial growth hormones in the Pilk. So you're not going to grow a second head from it uh, or an extra toe. Uh, so at least that's a one good thing coming out of drinking Pickle milk. Mm, yes. <laughs> so, as with Graham's uh, threads on this, normally we get uh, people either saying, yep, yeah, we'll try that, or it's horrific, nobody, that's disgusting. Uh, and that's what you, what happened for the majority of the chat. Uh, and then we get to this little post right here. This tweet was deleted by the tweet author. And the tweet guy was this dude. Doctor Doom twenty six hundred, and I was blocked. Yeah, and I believe you was blocked, Simon, as well. And I believe everybody yeah. who was involved in the thread was blocked. And and up to getting blocked from him, I hadn't actually even commented on the thread. I think I'd like maybe one of your posts or one of uh take the bumps posts uh, about it because it was hilarious. Just his kind of he, he had an opinion on pickle milk, like I have an opinion on whispers. <laughs> he was he was stormed. Um, it was the shop it came from, wasn't it, that seemed to irritate him? Well, I think it, it, it more irritated him that he said he saw this picture before uh, going around Reddit uh, and that Graham had used this picture uh, to get a cheap laugh off. A, I think he mentioned the word clout. I mean, right. Oh, yeah, because that's, that's really important to us, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, who gets clout from pickle milk? who absolutely not got a clue. Uh, there you go, chain he, wrestling right there, asking the important pressing questions. Who gets clout from pickle milk? <laughs> exactly. So he actually did say that uh, this they, they don't sell this in, at Wegmans. They don't sell this at Wegmans. So uh, somebody here, this... Uh, oh, look this, at that handsome fellow. This cretin started kind of... <laughs> started winding the poor bloke up. Poor Dr. Doom, 2600, was was dogpiled, and it was all started by this guy, this uh, SJP word. So, yeah, if you get a chance, block him. Uh, <laughs> because look at look how, how sarcastic his post was. Look at Good Bad Wrestle. It's not bloody Wegmams. For crying out loud, this is the single most important thing ever. It's not from <laughs> Wegmams. <laughs> But yeah, yeah I don't even know what Wegmams is. Yeah, essentially, this guy went off on uh, Graham for for stealing a photo from Reddit, which Graham actually didn't do, uh, and he actually threatened to report Graham to Reddit 
because of, oh, of the theft oh. of this post. Uh, and then he, he went round and essentially blocked everybody who was involved in that thread, whether they commented, whether they liked, anything like that. Um, so, yeah, essentially, he's our pimple dick of the week because uh, he he just got so irate about pickle milk. Mm, and it not being from a certain place or something. Yeah. Yeah. What an absolute defense of Wegmans. His defense of Wegmans. Oh, what an absolute. Sharon's not blocked. Oh, okay. There you go. He's got taste, oh, well. I can see. So um, I think you should go and follow mouth. him and befriend him. Befriend him. <laughs> no, you've got to be careful now because, you know, this is like obviously live and people can also hear the recording and watch back um, the, the, the live video uh, during the week. We don't want to start getting accused of internet bullying or anything like that. Oh, really. no, absolutely. So do, definitely do not go and uh, give this guy any grief. Don't uh, mm. go and uh, give him any uh, shit over this. It's just something that we were kind of dragged into. Um, yeah. And it was funny at the time. I'm sure the guy is is normally a very intelligent, sane person. It's just he's uh, he had a little bit of a, an issue with this being Wegmans, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I just think that... Shop at Wegmans. Definitely shop at Wegmans. Yeah, I just think that he needs to give his head a wobble getting that upset yeah. about where pickle milk comes from. Have a, yeah, have, exactly. have, a, have a fucking day off, mate. Do you know what I mean? I mean... Getting that, that agitated that, and... There's worse things going on in the world than being concerned about pickle milk mm. yes for example oh, people people slagging off mint arrows for example um if, that, I, though, if he did like mint arrows definitely go and bully him for that <laughs> on that note though good cop bad cop wrestling podcast with graham and matt willis give that a listen find it pretty much bloody everywhere really it's a great show brilliant brilliant people hosting it always worth a listen make sure you check it out it is great graham's a top top bloke and if he says his pickle milk comes from wegmams that's where it fucking well comes from all right yeah and definitely even if you don't listen to the podcast which you absolutely should because uh graham and matt do amazing content Definitely follow uh, the the account for these food takes because the conversations that end up uh, coming from the pictures that Graham puts up are brilliant. Really, really funny and really yeah. good uh, conversations to to get involved in. So, so definitely go and give them a follow. Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Okay, shall we get to Twitter, Magzi, and other social media things? Let's do it. Okay. This was a great thread. This was we- brilliant. Yeah, this week, basically, for our non-wrestling topic, we have asked for um, people's worst ever hangovers, and ultimately, what I was really hoping to get were hangover cures, and um, some odd hangover cures, because you hear about people swearing blind that eating such and such will sort you out, and drinking this particular type of, I don't know, fruit, grass-based drink, or whatever. Um, I was That's kind of the thing we were looking for. Um we ended up with a little bit of that, which is great. But then we also ended up with almost pe- just people just telling us about times they were hammered again. <laughs> it, it, it essentially turned into drunk stories fab. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, what I'll do, Magsy, I've, I've got them in front of me here on my telephone uh, because obviously I'm not as technically savvy as you to be able to do all this clever stuff that we're seeing. Nope, not that way. That way. There we go. Over there. Um 
I'll just run through them in the order they came into the Chain Wrestling Twitter account at Chain underscore Wrestling. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to keep up with the show. Um, we will start with our good buddy Rob at UTT Rob of the UTT podcast. He simply says, just stay hydrated when drinking so you don't get hungover to begin with. There we I, go. That's quite boring take, isn't it, Magsy? <laughs> <laughs> after after they were so um so giving with their praise for, for this podcast on, on their uh episode that dropped today, and you're there calling them boring. Brilliant. No, I'm not calling no 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 you're doing that again, you're doing that thing again where you twist my words. No, hang on. Right. Just admit you hate rhubarb. Just admit it. Why am I getting dragged into that? But basically, a bit of context for people people listening and watching. Um, I was a guest on a UTT podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um, and it, somehow the conversation got round to uh, chain wrestling and the time where R- Magsy was slagging off rhubarb. Um, and isn't it, is it Rob and Dan live in the rhubarb triangle, they call it in Yorkshire? Is that correct? Yeah. But I, I, I don't, I don't, I can't say for certain dan does but i know that rob definitely does right now i like rhubarb but for some reason i've i've been dragged into your bad takes like you, you know <laughs> for some reason your your internet hostility is rubbing off on me now and i'm getting a bad reputation just by association and um i'm betting i, I got what was it i got called a, a it, it's, and it, we were called insufferable pricks <laughs> insufferable pricks <laughs> Obviously, I mean, all in jest. But no. Even if it wasn't about rhubarb, it's it's pretty accurate. It's not far off. Anyone who yeah. anyone who listens or watches the show will, will probably agree with them there. But yeah, I I like rhubarb. Don't don't just instantly band me in with this this buffoon above me here. Okay, it's, <laughs> and I am and I am happy to go out on that limb and say rhubarb is horrific, and anybody who eats it should be embarrassed. Well, I guess I'm embarrassed then. Ori <laughs> uh, at Ori the Draw on Twitter um, says, no cure, but a great story about the first time she really got drunk. So what we're saying here is, it's literally took two tweets for people. We haven't gone long into the conversation. This hasn't been up for long. It's took two tweets for our listeners to decide, oh, bollocks, we're just going to talk about what we want. <laughs> But it's and, a brilliant tale for Ori, and we wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, of course not. Of course not. This is the this is why the show is so great. Everyone's interactions and discussions and so on. Um, Ori explains no cure, but a great story about the first time I ever got really drunk. The guy she was dating came over to watch Monday Night Raw. Fantastic date there. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever been able to tempt a girl over in a date to say, "Hey, come watch wrestling with me." My wife now, different case, but when I was younger, and I, you know, so there we go. Um, <laughs> and that must work once in a million. Yeah, I imagine so, mate. I imagine so. <laughs> um, her BFF and roommate decided we would do something called Pucker Fuckers. Basically, a 40-ounce cup, mostly sour apple pucker. I don't really know what that is. Um, vodka and a small splash of Sprite. Uh, you get two straws and race to see how fast you can both finish the drink. The roommate and Ori do one, uh, do three, sorry. And she is just gone, absolutely trotted, can't can't stand up, an absolute mess. Apparently, she got very annoying, got sick, ended up in the bath. Um, remembers passing out during a match on Raw, uh, during a match, yeah, watching a match on Raw, and that's it. Woke up next morning in different clothes. 
and feeling like death. <laughs> the, um, the worrying part is waking up in different clothes. <laughs> yeah. Um, she found out years later that, she, that her her best friend did the first one with her, obviously sharing the two straws in the drink to hammer it down in the race. Like. Um, the next two, she just put her mouth around the straw and didn't actually drink any. So Ori was just smashing this whole thing on her own. And like I said, it's the first, it's the first time she's got properly drunk. And looking at the contents of this drink, that's quite a substantial amount of alcohol to be chucking into your system for the first time when you're having a proper session. So she never touched pucker or anything like that again. Again, I don't really know what pucker is. I'm, I'm going to assume it's like apple sours. Okay, right. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. Um somebody we haven't heard of for a little bit actually i'm really glad to glad to see this fella tweeted into the show uh at the appliance 180 william kitchen top top bloke um he says he was drinking black absinthe on hogmany hogmany in 2003 6 a.m <laughs> crawling and selling ricky morton style on the way home never moved from his bed until 10 p.m new year's night safe to say he was a mess yeah <laughs> But no kind of hint of an hangover cure, which is brilliant. No. So, no. But again, it's, it's, it is talking of the worst hangover he had, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. 10 p.m. New Year's Day. Why? Just destroyed for the whole of the day. Black absinthe, man. Oof. No, not for me. I can't imagine anything worse than black absinthe. That must be terrible. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever had black absinthe. What have is, you had a normal had, absinthe? I've had standard absinthe. Yeah. What's the difference? Well, it's black, isn't it? <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> what you asking ridiculous questions? You get ridiculous answers. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, a tweet here from Anya Bassett, my daughter, Anya Nicole yeah. underscore fourteen on Twitter. With her hanging tweet to yeah, into gonna, a dad's podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna go and cover that in a second. Um says <laughs> <laughs> so my hangover cure. Uh, sorry, Anya says her hangover cure. Crispy bacon sandwich with barbecue sauce, apple juice. Um I did get lucky, my love. Um prawn cocktail discos, Mars chocolate bar. Don't worry, Mags, not whisper gold, she wrote. Um first of all, yeah. What a queen. Bacon, Bacon sandwich queen. and all that sort of stuff. I can, I can get on board with all that. However, Anya, you're 17 years old. You shouldn't have drank enough at this stage in your life <laughs> to know what your favourite hangover cure is. Because that that, ins- that insinuates that you've had plenty of hangovers to work out different cures. And you're tweeting <laughs> trial and error. Yeah, exactly. And you're tweeting your dad's podcast to say this. Think it through. Do you know what I mean? It's, um, it's not like you know when I was 17 and you know. Slightly different scenario then, isn't it? You know, it's a <laughs> yeah. do as I say, not as I do. Exactly. You had a bit of a disagreement though, Max, didn't you? You said you liked the gist of what she was after, but you made a few changes. Yeah, I mean the 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 crispy bacon sandwich standard. Yeah, can't go wrong with that. I think it's something to do with the the salt and the fat that uh, helps with the 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 feelings of a hangover. Um, the the pineapple, the apple juice is fine. I would have picked pineapple juice uh, because it's it's uh, a little bit more kind of sweeter and a little bit tangier. Uh, prawn cocktail discos. I'm not a huge prawn cocktail fan. Discos are probably some of the worst crisps just because of how dry they are. Uh, so I would have picked frisps, which I don't believe you knew what they actually were. No, I know what frisps are. I just I just like can't. Believe, uh, first of all, I was I was surprised when I heard you say you would pick 
thrips over discos. I was a bit like, oh, okay, really? But then you've just literally said discos are the worst crisps ever. Yeah, I, I maybe, maybe that's hyperbole, but then they're, they're definitely not elite tier. Discos are brilliant. Salt and vinegar discos, mate. Oh, fantastic stuff. Yeah, they're so dry. It's it's shaped. It's not real potato. It's like potato flakes, then shaped. So they, they just are incredibly dry for me. Uh, okay, I suppose. And then... Um, it, a pick of a Mars bar is fine, but I would have preferred a Snickers. That's all. But she she did make great picks. Um, yes, despite the fact that Anya, you are not old enough to be drinking yet. These are the best, though. They're frisps. Frisps. Mm, okay. But they're like zigzaggy, aren't they? Yeah, they're ridged. Right. So, do that, does that not hold in air and make it um, no. make the weight? The cost and so on. <laughs> I mean, good, good point. <laughs> Very good point. Uh, Are you not being it, robbed by the frisps? And in fact, I'll, I'll get on to something else in a minute but, uh, uh, regarding uh, crisps and air. But no, the ridges actually hold more flavour. There's more surface area for flavour. So now, does that not work with a the chocolate then? What's, what's the surface area inside of a chocolate? It's fresh air. There's already chocolate there. Oh, we need to move on from this, mate. I don't right. So it. anyway, <laughs> I'm actually going to contradict myself now because one of my other uh, favourite flavours or favourite styles of crisp is Roysters. Uh, I don't know if you've had them before. Uh, usually do a, uh, they do like a steak flavour um, crisp, but they've actually got little pockets of air where they blow on it a little bit. So even though they have air in them, they're allowed. But chocolate bars are not allowed to have air in. So you're just moving the goalposts again, aren't you? You know, just I, make it up as you go along. I do. I absolutely do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. Um, let me have a little look here. Where are we? Oh, Dan came with an epic tale yet again. Yes, we love did. Dan. Uh, just before you get to Dan, though, we've got some uh, some people in the in the chat. Uh, Benny says he thinks that the black uh, absinthe is uh, stronger than the normal one. Um, yeah. Harry says discos are the shit. I think he uh, he accidentally put the in the middle of there. Um, Andy from Bang Bang, uh, welcome back, sir. <laughs> uh, I've just arrived and Mags is slagging off discos. And would you have it any other way? Absolutely. Just, no, you wouldn't. Just on a mission to upset people, aren't you? All the time. S- Scottish Danny, I'm back <laughs> and I'm better than ever. Um, and Bang Bang, uh, Andy again, size correct on the salt and vinegar ones. I like the flavour of salt and vinegar discos. But they are very dry. You need to have at least a, a drink with them. That's all. Okay. I would eat discos. Don't get me wrong. If someone said, here's a packet of discos, and go, <laughs> I would eat them discos. You just misunderstood me, ain't you? <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> the discos are misunderstood. <laughs> discos. <laughs> right, okay. Um, Dan, then. Dan Griffin. Uh, says, my 21st birthday at uni, I ended up passed out at a friend's flat walked home the next day and got in an argument with a lady over the state of me. Got home, realised I had walked 15 minutes home through a crowded city centre with a green cock drawn on my cheek. Amazing. Had a uni placement interview that day. Couldn't get all the green off, so went to an interview with a big green permanent marker cock smudge face on his on his face. Ended up getting placement working at a constabulary. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Uh, he also says that at 17, 18, he used to go and watch his younger brother play rugby every Sunday. Um, he garnered infamy as he'd always turn up severely hungover at away games and find somewhere to puke before getting a point after the match or at halftime. Okay. <laughs> and, and then the best one was he went on an all-day session uh, at wrestling that resulted in a hangover so bad he almost passed out uh, on the walk to the shop and he watched the entire season of Swamp Thing to force himself to stay awake because he was convinced that going to sleep meant he would die. Yes, Brilliant. exactly. <laughs> uh, and a stupid oh. here. Um, lovely of a drop of Benedictine. What's that? Benedictine. It's the worst drink that's ever been invented. Um, <laughs> it's It tastes like petrol. Okay. And, it's um the there's a, a pub in uh, in Burnley called the the Miners Club, and it uh, that um is a they sell ninety percent of the world supply of uh of uh, Benedictine, uh, and it's horrific. It's absolutely disgusting. Uh, so it's definitely not good with a uh, with a bag of discos. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, stupid hangover cure from Dan Griffin. He says one of the most stupid ones comes from a colleague of his who insists on cooking plain noodles, microwaving a tin of garden peas, combining the two, and smothering it in cheese. She reckons that works. Plus, iron brew works a treat, but it sounds rank to me. I don't know noodles, cheese, peas. That could be quite nice. And iron brew, yeah, because because of, of all the sugar, that's going to work, isn't it? I mean, garden peas are. Hmm. No, no, yeah. no, not a fan. No, no, mushy peas. I mean, not mixed with noodles. I mean, no, I suppose no peas really mixed with noodles. Doesn't seem right to me. But Dan's actual best hangover cure is pretty good, though. Okay, whereabouts is that? I think I might have so, lost that. So he says here, uh, as far as the best hangover cures go, going to Morrison's and buying a cheesy baguette and a ham shank or pork belly from the rotisserie to make a sarnese good. But the best is a full English and a bloody Mary. See, full English, all about that, mate. Mm-hmm. All about that. That's, that's great for a proper stonking bad hangover, mate, you know? Proper fill your belly up and then just go to sleep for the afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tanner, Texas gentleman underscore at on Twitter. Um, he once took 20 shots of liquor and multiple beers in his teens when he was playing in a band, slept in his car, vomited multiple times, punched his best friend in the nose for taking his cigarettes after he took his pulse to make sure he was still alive. <laughs> but Mexican food the following morning really helped. So there you I go. Mean- punched his friend who was checking on him to make sure he was still alive in the face. Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But he thought he was robbing his, robbing his ciggies. This so. is, this is Tanner from Radio Techers guys. This is what he brings to the table. Yeah. And yet he's still probably more professional than both you and I. So <laughs> I mean, that, that goes without saying. Uh, Steve-O at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Worst hangover he ever had was the day after his 21st birthday. Was celebrating in London, had the sharpest, most painful headache ever. If he drinks these days, he finds to stop a hangover in between drinking, have a pint of water. Yeah, yeah again, that is stuff that people say works, isn't it? You know, mm-hmm. it's sensible. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't do it because I'd think if I'm drinking a pint, it may as well be beer. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have, I don't know, I wouldn't have a glass of water, I ain't a boozer. Mm-hmm. Don't know. Anyway. 
last one from me, Magsy. I don't know if there's any that I've missed on Twitter, but last one from me comes actually via WhatsApp. Ah, and it comes from our buddy Dave or Ari, who might still be in the chat. I don't know because I'm not technically savvy enough to figure that out. So, <laughs> um, Dave says, this is actually the morning following the shit kilt adventure. He came home from Froster feeling a bit... Froster is a uh, beer festival down this way. Quite a famous. Yeah. Goes for a few days uh, and basically everyone just drinks lots of ale and apparently shits themselves whilst wearing a kilt. Um, came home from Froster feeling a bit tired, but not too bad. The missus took one look at him, smells the tent and is disgusted. Feels pretty chuffed with himself. And <laughs> he says he feels pretty chuffed with himself and has a shower to get rid of any, any aforementioned pong. Dressing gown on, down to the front room, and Sunday morning Sky Sports, hallelujah, WWE is on. By night, he's starting to feel a bit more tired, and he's got a mouth like Gandhi's flip-flop. <laughs> add, <laughs> add to this the come down of drinking heavily for the whole, whole festival, uh, taking a few as what he refers to here as disco biscuits um, <laughs> and whiz. All weekend, he realizes on one a massive come down and a one-way ticket to Painesville. And then the Dudley boys returned on the episode of whatever WWE show he was watching. And he cried. <laughs> oh, emotion. He says, I mean, I really cried. The wife attests to this. I sobbed like a little pissy schoolboy who'd just fallen over and scraped his knees and broken his Transformers lunchbox. I spent the rest of the day in my dressing gown, watching the telly and getting emotional at the smallest thing ever whilst battling gut rot from ale and probably, po- and probably booze poisoning. Fantastic stuff. Absolutely brilliant. On a massive come down from, I like the term disco biscuits. That's great. I'm stealing that. (laughs) (laughs) That, I mean, he never fails to amaze and horrify with his tales. Yeah. And some of these I know for a fact aren't even the worst. I'm not sure we could put the worst ones up on, on, you know, and and some of them I'm I'm actually involved in. So I definitely don't want to bring them up. (laughs) (laughs) He pleads the fifth. (laughs) Exactly. So, um, uh, good friend danny uh in the chat scottish gigolo uh he actually put forward a, a hangover cure uh and it's one that you actually commented on with this very gif of of um uh, liar liar i think he's oh, okay is from throwing up he said oddly enough warm sugar-free red bull seems to do the trick yeah what warm red bull though Ugh. i mean red bull's not massively pleasant at the best of times but warm I mean, yeah, that's how warm are you as well? Are you talking are you talking like just aired? Are you talking tepid? Or are you talking like brew temperature? Uh, oh, yeah. No, nah, not for that, me, mate. That's grammy. I would say that that's horrifically, horrifically grammy. Yeah. So I'm quite lucky. I don't tend to get hangovers, um, especially if I'm just having, having a few drinks and, uh, you know, if I'm going out and I know I'm having a bit of a session, I can just stick to say lager for an example mm-hmm. this is what i know i can drink enough of and i can drink that all night <laughs> i can drink enough of it till i am paralyzed yeah. <laughs> and then i have a couple of shots at the end of the night and you know have a kebab and i'm, I'm not, normally tend to be all right in the morning um if i ever do feel a bit grotty or rough or have a hangover then yeah bacon sandwich glass of orange juice and a mars bar that's mine Okay, I mean, you're probably going to hate me more than you do with the the Whisper Goldgate and Aerogate. I don't think that's possible, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we'll see. I have never in my whole life 
had an hangover. Never. Are you doing it properly? No, I mean I have been <laughs> I have been to the point of uh collapsing from alcohol, but the the morning after, absolutely fine as a daisy. Never never tired, never sickly, uh, never have a headache. Yep, never ever once in all my years ever had a hangover. Unreal, man. And it's because I don't eat fucking whispers. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. That's the that's the evil side. <laughs> that's of the, the straw whispers, man yeah. argument. Yeah. Okay. I think the worst hangover I can really remember was going out with the, with the football. That's when I was much younger. I, I, was, I used to play footy with some guys who were considerably older than me. And I was underage. And um, I used to go just quite drinking they sit me in the corner and they buy my booze for me and stuff like that you know and um i they used to be able to buy diamond white cider but in glass bottles like it was a bottle of budweiser over the yeah. bar at certain pubs I and they never kept understood why <laughs> no, that's, that's a, it's a terrible drink <laughs> but they were buying me this and of course i wanted to fit in with these these older lads who you know the bigger boys who, who were like i thought was super cool. cool yeah that's it so i was drinking this and i was so so ill i remember that night um throwing up in the call box whilst i was ringing my mum to say i was going to be back late um before mobile phones you know um i got home went to bed and i woke up I don't know, it must have been 12 hours, 14 hours later, in exactly the same position I went to bed in. Exactly, I hadn't moved. Uh, and then when I did get up, there was a perfect silhouette of me in sweat, just on the bed, <laughs> where I was just pouring. Where I don't know if I'd had some kind of alcohol poisoning or something like that, but literally just pouring with sweat. And I hadn't moved. So it was like it was like a crime scene where they do the chalk outline, but it was that, but with sweat, just a perfect drawing of me led there on my side with my arms and legs out on the bed. And I just remember standing up and just the, the pain. Oh, my word. That's the worst I ever had, mate. Hashtag can't relate. Dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, diamond white. Oh, rough stuff, yeah, man. Rough not stuff. Good. Uh, not good. I've got plenty more comments in the chat. So, uh, Charlie, obviously the sensible one in the, the Powell household. Says <laughs> salt and vinegar is gross. It's too strong. I mean, I don't mind salt and vinegar, but it's just discos. They're too dry. Um, Obviously, Bang Bang mentioned Benedictine and Tanner had to chip his two pence in, saying Benedictine is not bad in the right cocktail. It's horrific. Just grow up, Tanner. Um, <laughs> grow up. <laughs> Sharon, garden peas are the best. I'm starting to, to not really like your wife now, Simon, to be fair. Um, <laughs> Scottish down there. Uh, I'll take that back, Sharon. I, I do like you. Of course I do. Uh, Iron Brew, can't go wrong. Hashtag Scottish way. It's, mm. Do you know it's built uh, from, it's made from girders, apparently. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, allegedly. Um, Andy comes with, uh, with his uh, own strategy. Uh, stop drinking in the first place. Mm. Um, not really a long term one, though. Uh, Tanner brings the violence and the queso. Um, I'm assuming that's some sort of uh, foreign food. <laughs> it brings violence and foreign food. So he, 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 t- <laughs> he, t- he turns up at a scrap with a bowl of exotic pastels. <laughs> <laughs> Harry says curry next day is a total winner. Do you know, day after yeah. curry is actually a, is boss hangover or no hangover. Um, Sharon is uh, uh, is asking Harry if crying is a cure, and he says it worked. So it must be. <laughs> um, 
Ander, a little bit concerned about. He always gets emotional when he's got an hangover. He started crying during an episode of Waffle the Wonder Dog the other day. Um, What's that? Oh, my God. You've never heard – you watch an episode of Waffle the Wonder Dog. It's the most surreal thing that's on TV. It's essentially a dog that can talk, a okay. real actual dog, and it's it's – I, it's so hard to explain, but basically this dog gets into uh, different kind of um, uh, issues and, and problems with every episode. He's a, he's a naughty little dog, uh, essentially. If he's told to do something, he just doesn't do it. Um, there's an episode where there's a box being delivered to his neighbour and being a nosy dog, he wants to know what's in that box, so he breaks into the box. Yeah, so... But yeah, it's a talking dog. Okay. And, and, and he gets upset about it. And he definitely gets upset about it, which is kind of worrying. Uh, uh, even more worrying is that that Harry thinks that Waffle, the Wonder Dog, is also the shit. Uh, okay, I'll then, give it a go. And he uh, confirms that that Waffle is a knob, which <laughs> he is. Um, Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. <laughs> ah, okay. And Tanner comes and says, queso is a Mexican dip usually made with dars, tomatoes, onion, and jalapenos. And you, and you arrive to a fight with that? I, I don't follow. Yeah, violence <laughs> and dip. I'm here for the gang fight. I'm also the catering. You know? yeah. <laughs> Ironically, it's not the first conversation I've had with Tanner about dip this week. Okay. Rock and roll. Um yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you again to everybody who got in touch. Um, if anyone would like to suggest a non-wrestling topic for an episode, please do get in touch the usual ways. You can contact us via the chat when we're live now. Um, you can message the show on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just search at chain underscore wrestling on all of those. But again, thank you so so much to everybody for getting in touch and uh yeah, giving us a little giggle. A more drink-related situation. It's funny, isn't it? Anything food or booze, our listeners go mad for. Yeah. We know our audience, Magsy, don't we? <laughs> we do. We we appeal we appeal to the the lowest common denominator, and exactly. it's absolutely amazing. Exactly. Um, yeah. So again, if you want to suggest a non-wrestling topic, by all means, anything anything goes. Drop us a message. Let us know at chain underscore wrestling. Um, but now I suppose it's the, t- the time of the show where we actually talk some <laughs> wrestling, Mags, don't we? Because we are a wrestling podcast, allegedly. Allegedly, <laughs> so then our oh, I was, I was meant to put a thing in, oh, then, see, I'm waiting and I'm waiting. Uh, and I'm waiting. Let's get ready. I was thrown. I was thrown off. <laughs> Just, yeah, thrown, sat there drinking out of your big mug and got yourself confused, didn't you? Distracted by and, your drink. And and just to make it up to everybody, because I know uh, it's the hell out of the show, I'm going to run it again. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Lovely. Okay. <laughs> uh, I took an absolute hammer in in the poll this week, Mags. 
absolutely <laughs> destroyed, mate. And I'm gutted. I'm genuinely don't get me wrong. Seeing a CM Punk match is is fantastic. You know, I, I'm a massive CM Punk fan. But I'm I kind of get. I wanted to watch Lex Luger win the world title, mate. I mean, there's nothing stopping you from putting it up again. It's absolutely, it's uh, viable. This is not Hogan versus Warrior saving the world. <laughs> uh, it's not been banned forevermore. You can bring it up again. Yeah, um, I suppose. I just, I just did what was what would needed to be done and appealed to the electorate with something that uh, I knew would bring in the votes. A little bit of CM Punk and seventy four percent of the votes, mate. Absolutely tranked my option of watching Lex Luger win the world title on the hundredth episode of Nitro. Um, I, I didn't realise this when I put it forward, but Lex himself uh, tweeted out that it's I think it's twenty two years. Or twenty four years or something like that since that night this week. Wow. So yeah, but no, missed that opportunity. Now haven't we, Twitter? Thanks. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought that I'd like. That I thought you were me then. Just how <laughs> how salty you got. <laughs> how sassy. Ah, <laughs> oh, so the topic of our um, link in the chain this week is CM Punk versus Jeff Hardy for the World Heavyweight Title, uh, Night of Champions 2009. This is something I've not seen since it aired. I think, Magsy. Mm. Uh, yeah, something that I've not uh, ever really gone back to uh, to to watch. So yeah, it was uh, interesting to to revisit this. What some twelve years on? Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, the whole the whole storyline was was kind of built around obviously the pursuit of the world title, but the whole rivalry between the two was, was built around uh, Jeff Hardy having demons as they refer to them as in the wrestling business dependency issues alcohol issues and drug issues and so on in in, you know in real life outside of the wrestling world he had these genuine problems and of course cm punk um very much drug three as he says across his knuckles straight edge straight edge yeah doesn't touch anything like that and it was kind of all built around this and i find this really really interesting because the, the promo package they run at the start of the show and just before the match as well shows as it normally does various interactions between the wrestlers uh various interviews and, and snippets and clips in the rivalry building up to the match and you also get a brilliant promo by punk out on the event it, yeah. very, very early on so unique though the yeah. way it's done um he essentially is being asked a question by i think it was josh matthews uh about um why how he how he feels about the fans still loving jeff hardy and he he comes out to the to the the, the stands and it's real you don't ever see that and that I think no. that just shows how um, how unique and how um, out of the box CM Punk thought um, and his old mindset you've got to think is that that's the right thing to think to be mm. fair you you should be kind of uh, promoting to your kids that his lifestyle of, of 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 staying clean and 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 looking after yourself but there's this always this kind of um mentality with with uh with people that you kind of root for the underdog you root for the person who uh who's had those kind of battle scars or had those issues and you want them to to be better um yeah. And it, this is the classic kind of heel who believes that that he, what he's doing is the greater good. And in this case, 
it actually is the greater good. This is what yeah. you really should want for your kids. And then the the way he comes out and then stands on a, uh, the the kind of a box and just rips into the audience. Ah. And he's, he's stood literally in the middle of the stand, isn't he? In the middle of the of, of the crowd. Well, he essentially climbs on what looks like a speaker. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he's saying uh, to the to the crowd. Um, are you here to support Jeff Harder? And then he says, "All the kids, uh, if you've got the your face paint on, if you've got the 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 arm uh, bands that that Jeff wears, um, if you've got a, a Jeff Hardy t shirt on, stand up." And then the crowd are the crowd are going absolutely wild. And he says, "I don't blame you. I blame your parents." Yeah. Oh, it's and, so good. And then he goes, "No, in fact." I don't blame your parents. I blame the parent because it's clear you are a product of a single parent household. And it's like, oh my God, he's ripping into society uh, as a whole. And again, it's so good. I I was watching this again. It's become a weekly thing now where I say to Charlie, right, this is the match that won the poll. We're going to sit down and watch it. And she looks forward and she sits down and watches it with me. And, and I get her because she's not seen any of these before. And I find it's a really interesting insight from somebody much, much younger than us, Magsy, who has never seen these matches before getting like a first impression. Um, some of the people that we've watched wrestle in these matches, she's never even seen wrestle before. So it's really interesting getting this first reaction. And when this promo was cut when I played this back and he said that about single parent um, families and it's their fault, you know, that kids start smoking and develop other habits from there. Charlie literally sat there and went, Oh, that's too far. So even to somebody 11 years of age is, is it's having the effect that the WWE and CM Punk are wanting to have. Yes. And, like I was like I was saying when we got onto it, it's it's a scenario that's kind of it's it's a tricky one for me because as you said, Max, everything Punk is saying is right. Everything he's saying is right. You know, the kids start smoking and that's a gateway to having a few beers and then a few beers goes on to some Jack Daniels and then Jack Daniels is a gateway to marijuana, he says. Mm-hmm. And then you talk street drugs and pill and it escalates like this. Um and he says about the parents not doing their job as parents and so mm-hmm. on. And that's why some kids behave this way. And addiction is, is a terrible thing. And you should tell your kids no. And the kids should say no. everything he is saying is right. And, and and the way he kind of like ends the promo saying, instead of say, just saying no, you should be just saying yes. Yes. To a drug free straight edge America. And it's almost like a political speech. Yeah. It's so damn good. And every, every kind of fiber of my being as a parent is wanting to say, yeah, that is something I should be behind for my for my kids' sake and for my kids' kids' sake. But it's that intangible of, of rooting for somebody who's been through issues, who's struggled with the demons, and you want to see them be a better person. So mm. you've got this kind of really like um, conflict of – knowing that Punk's right, but wanting him to get his fucking ass whooped. <laughs> exactly. But again, how good here is CM Punk? Mm-hmm. Just the attitude. And, and how amazing does he look? He's He's got he's got his ring gear on already, even though this promo is literally just after the first match, isn't it? I think, or maybe after yeah. the second match. It's very early. No, it's show. after the first one, yeah. Okay. And he's got 
some of his t- he's got a t-shirt of his on some of his own merch and he's got that beautiful big gold belt the, the the big gold belt as it's called the world heavyweight title um one of my favorite title designs of all time and he's standing there his his hands taped as you can see in the picture there behind behind magsy his hands taped all the way up to his forearms just cutting this pro he just looks every inch a superstar doesn't he mm-hmm. yeah absolutely he does yeah um something i'd forgotten about though max was just how over jeff hardy was at this time i said to the wife i don't remember him being this this over this huge and she sharon said really because obviously she she did but i was i was quite surprised because i never even though obviously he has this run and he has a few world title reigns and wwe title reigns i never look at jeff hardy as being a proper sort of bona fide main eventer does that make sense really? yeah mm. i don't know why <laughs> For for me, I've always felt that he's the 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 Shawn Michaels of the Hardy Boys, and and oh yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, and that's no uh, detriment to to Matt Hardy. I, I think Matt Hardy's done some absolutely amazing work, but Jeff always had that that it factor. He looked mm. a star from when he first broke into wrestling at, 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 uh, in the WF at seventeen. I think he's he's been a star since since day one. Um, so yeah, I, I, I've always kind of seen him being that kind of person who would break through, and I, and I can see Vince loving him as well because of just how charismatic he is. I mean, he he's the kind of person who he walks into a room and and he's the centre of attention without opening his mouth. So I can totally understand why the crowd was was so um, so. In in um, in Jeff Hardy's corner, it's yeah. It was the crowd again. Uh, we've seen this for a few weeks in a row now. The crowd were hot. This mm-hmm. was a, a massive, massive kind of pop from the crowd for for Jeff Hardy. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always thought of him as a, as being a, a huge, huge star. Uh, okay, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I like Jeff Hardy. He's always entertained me, but I just never see him as being that. I, I place Punk a level above him. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I totally get that mindset, and maybe that's because um, Jeff's had issues with uh, with uh, his demons, and he's he's had to take time away. He's had time away in uh, other companies, uh, so maybe it's kind of been a, 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 a WWE fan. Um, for for the main part, that you, when you see him go away and and not be there week in week out, it kind of falls in your estimation, maybe. Yeah, potentially, I suppose. But then I, I watched, I watched TNA every week when he turned up there. Um, but I suppose that TNA he was not in the best of best of conditions, mm-hmm. was he? Let's be honest. But that's a story for another day. Yeah. Um, both guys in the match tease their finishes really early, don't they? Going for the twist of fate and mm-hmm. the GTS, and the t- the twist of fate move is something that Jeff. Attempts time and time again throughout the match and doesn't quite get it, does he? Is is I think it's really good storytelling the way this is structured with regards to Jeff has the two moves that he obviously has lots and lots of moves, but the two moves that his are his preference when it comes to finishing a, a match: the twist of fate and that big swanton bomb off the top rope. <laughs> He's going for those on several different occasions, but can't get can't hit them and Punk's escaping and so on. And I thought that was really, really well done because it's setting up towards the finish, isn't it? 
Yeah, uh, and and even before that, I think uh, uh, the the opening of the the match that intrigued me, knowing the the storyline that came before it. Uh, if you uh, if you remember, um, Punk opens with kicks, uh, a couple of kicks to the legs. Now, ordinarily, you wouldn't think much of it; it's just an opening of a match. But you go back to uh, how Punk retained the title at the last pay per view. Mm, yeah, it was bad disqualification. By, by by kicks, so it really it's them those kind of little subtleties, and then once uh, he gets uh, uh gets past the 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 kicks, he does that little bit of chain wrestling, which obviously links to this show, but <laughs> it also kind of um it shows Jeff that Punk doesn't see it as being on the same level. Yeah. And and the camera focusing on him, focusing on right on Punk's face, and Punk shouting at Jeff, "What are you going to do? What's the, What can you do to me?" And yeah. it's it's really kind of Punk not having any respect whatsoever for for Jeff Hardy that he's he's kind of disgusted that he even has to share the ring with somebody uh, of of Jeff's ilk. Really cool storytelling. I really really Brilliant. enjoyed that yeah. that opening. Yeah. Um, we also have, I suppose, a, a subtlety in the match that I, I, the more I think about it, the more, again, I think is, is quite clever in that high-risk moves are called high-risk moves for a reason. They're obviously high-risk. Um, and we have a spell where so many are missed. Um, Jeff Hardy goes for a crossbody, misses, and ends up actually crashing out of the ring altogether. I thought that was a brilliant moment. That was that was so well done. Yeah. Um, Punk misses a dive to the outside. Hardy misses a dive off the top rope to the outside. And you're seeing all these these high-risk, um, spectacular moves not to get hit. They're, they're all crashing and burning, which I thought was a really good thing. I thought, I thought it was brilliant to see. Rather than these guys doing all the acrobatics and so on, like you might see more so nowadays, and people kind of just waiting for their opponent to hit and so on. This, I think, worked really well, Mags. Yeah, I think, and you make a really good point that the fact that it was high risk, that there was emotion involved in in um, taking these risks and it and it not paying off, uh, and it, it kind of really wore down, especially on on Jeff, because when he uh, missed the 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 jump off the top rope and landed into the the uh, the barrier nearly got counted out. He literally made it at the very last second. Uh, and that was when Punk saw uh, a weak point and he started attacking the back, uh, started doing some really cool um, um, submissions. He, he did a modified uh, uh, surfboard. I think at one time mm. he did a, a, like a dragon um, a submission move. Yeah. yeah so some, some really cool kind of a um, submission grappling from Punk. And it all came from, trying to hit big spots and not being able to pull them off. Yeah, exactly. Um, about halfway through the match, I, I don't know what triggered it for me, but it, it didn't sort of register at the beginning. But about halfway through the match, I, I realised how almost odd the pairing is on commentary here. Because you've got the legend that is Jim Ross, the legendary JR. But alongside him is, is it Tom Phillips alongside him? Is um, Todd Grisham. Grisham. Okay, yeah, Todd Grisham, yeah, okay. Um, it just came across really strange because it's almost like they want to do the same job, I guess. Mm-hmm. And neither one kind of looked like they wanted to take the lead, but then they did want to take the lead. And it was kind of, they almost came across almost like second guessing 
their roles a little bit at times. Did you did you pick up on any of that, Max? Um, n- not in in, in uh, probably as, as strong as you did, but yeah, I think there were times where where Todd was kind of tripping up over what Jr. was saying uh, um, and and maybe not calling the the match uh, um, in in the way that it should have been. I think Jr. works best when he's a play by play and he has a, a, a colour to to kind of um, uh, fall back on. Uh, in this in this instance, they're both play by players, and it, yeah, you're mm. right. It kind of doesn't work. Um, luckily for me, I wasn't as that invested in in the commentary that it took me out of the match. Uh, I think the the two guys in the ring did enough to kind of uh, keep me totally invested. I, I don't think it. I don't think it took away or anything like that. It was just a few moments felt odd, felt a bit strange. You know, I think you're right. You, I think Jim Ross needs somebody to bounce off, doesn't he? Rather yeah. than somebody, I, I think maybe the other fella did as well. And it just a bit of a missed step every now and again. That was all. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the sort of standard, I guess, um, move from Punk's repertoire where he hits a big high running knee into the corner, which he then turns into a bulldog. But Jeff Hardy counters the bulldog into the whisper in the wind off the top rope. That was that was smooth. That was so so well done. So quick as well from Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about two wrestlers who were so so damn talented. I mean, we've watched multiple of their matches on on this show. Uh, yeah, it, it was it was buttery smooth. Mm. Yeah, um, Hardy then hits basically he hits a diamond cutter. They're shouting "twist of fate," but there was no twist in that. So to me, a twist of fate without the twist is a diamond cutter. Mm-hmm. Just what it is. Call it what it is. Um, <laughs> um, he then goes for the swanton again, but Punk gets the knees up. That looked quite mm-hmm. a stiff landing, didn't it? Yep. Um, Hardy then kicks out of CM Punk's go to sleep. Yes, and Punk was not. This was just, again, to me, it just shows how brilliant CM Punk is. He hits the go to sleep. He thinks this is all over. He covers him and he's looking at the camera with a big shit eating, cheesy grin on, laughing away to himself almost because he's, he's, he's won the match in his mind. He's hit his finish. He's hit the GTS all over. But then when Hardy kicks out, the look of shock and panic and what do I have to do? Just that difference from the one facial to the other yeah really well, added it, to the storytelling i think he went into panic mode because he yeah. didn't get the first pin went to get another pin got us got a kick out of the last second again went for it a third time and he was like how am i how am i not beating this guy how is he not staying down uh, mm-hmm. and that's when he uh he essentially tries to take his ball and go home yeah, he grabs his uh, beautiful world heavyweight title belt um, and just thinks, ah, I've had enough, I'm, I'm, I'm going home. Um, so he starts walking down the aisle. Jeff's having none of this mind, chases him down, brings him back into the ring, um, attacks him with a lot of odd-looking kind of punch, stroke, slap efforts that look a bit messy. Um, but then he does hit the twist of fate with the actual twist. So it's not a diamond cutter, it's the actual twist of fate. And the swanton, and actually gets the win and wins the world heavyweight title, mm-hmm. and, and that was that. Um, it was a, a, a very quick pace match. I think yeah. uh, it was fifteen minutes, uh, give or take a few seconds. Uh, but it's fifteen minutes where you are fully enthralled. Uh, mm. The story, the storytelling, uh, and the way that um, the the moves not hitting 
added to the story was uh, was so well done. Uh, I don't think I'm a huge fan of how the title was hot-shotted around this storyline, although no. it, it kind of does make sense because, uh, obviously, you, you're talking good versus evil, um, demons versus straight edge, uh, and, and, and that kind of inner battle. Uh, but, yeah, I really enjoyed this match, and, uh, yeah, I'm glad that it won the poll. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow salty uh, yes i am indeed i am indeed um yeah i think um punk wins it back in the next pay-per-view doesn't he which is SummerSlam. i think it's the next mm-hmm. pay-per-view after this he wins it back in a ladder match or a tlc match maybe um yeah just just great wrestling great storytelling in the ring great storytelling out of the ring building up to this contest um two very unique characters d- doing doing good things uh yeah. magsy i suppose out of 10 w- w- what do you say mate yeah i mean it's a really good match uh, a little bit short compared to some of the 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 matches uh yeah we've we've watched um but um i enjoyed it um so i'm i, I think i'm i'm happy to go with 7.5 Okay, and once again, we're we're just slightly off each other because I'm going with a seven, um, pretty much the same reasons as yourself. It was it was brilliant build up, um, brilliant wrestling, great storytelling in the ring with the finishes being missed and so on. Um, just just a really enjoyable match. But the fact that it was quite quick, was quite short, means that I can't go much higher. When you look at how highly we rated the likes of Omega Okada and stuff like that, and they're putting in. 45 minutes to an hour sometimes or, or whatever it was I, I think a seven yeah i think that's fair enough mate yep um i mean again i can't really fault you for for those little bits of, of differences i don't think it's one of the best matches we've watched but it's certainly nowhere near some of the worst no no it's very true it's no straight jacket steel cage match is it <laughs> i don't think we'll ever top that <laughs> oh we should go back and revisit that one episode no you know no deal. Um, well, actually no deal <laughs> also whilst on that topic we said about the non-wrestling topic we have if anybody wants us to go back and now we're doing the um the live shows if anyone wants us to trunk stories for yeah you know, are you throwing it up before danny is coming mate don't worry it's not been forgotten about I know you want the Aerosmith story, so the Aerosmith story will be told when we do Junk Stories 4. Um, If anyone wanted to uh, revisit something from the audio-only days in our non-wrestling topic, um, Title or Toasty was a a fun sort of half hour. Uh, Anything like that, um, by all means, again, give us us a message. Let let us know. Me and Magsy, we're literally here. We keep saying it. This is your show. Whatever you want to cover you vote for what you want to discuss in a non-wrestling topic too it's up to you um absolutely on that note where do we go next week max okay so uh last week i stole your gimmick of using the um the arena uh this week i'm going to go a little bit simpler uh i'm going to stick with one of the the uh the wrestlers in the match i'm going to stick with jeff hardy okay um, it's actually interesting now that i'd picked this uh pick earlier in the week but it's interesting that you mentioned about how you don't see uh you'd never really saw jeff hardy as that huge star um and ironically the match that i've picked is where you could essentially call it his breakout match the, the match where he was he he was made a made man in in uh wwe so 
Going back to 2002. Um, oh, I know where you're going. July the 1st, uh, Monday Night Raw. Jeff Hardy challenged for the Undisputed Championship in a ladder match. And the champion at the time was The Undertaker. So I want to go and revisit that match where we get the infamous uh, call from JR about, go on, kid, make yourself famous, uh, and where he actually gets the respect uh, from The Undertaker, which essentially makes him uh, makes him a made man in, in the wow. company. So July the 1st, 2002, Monday Night Raw, Taker versus Jeff Hardy for the Undisputed Championship in a ladder match. That's my pick. That, that match, that's I've my got... pick, sir. That's your pick. Um, I have got such great memories of that match. It is fantastic. And this is the time when... The Undertaker wasn't the dead man, but he wasn't it, quite the biker. Is, yeah, he, he was. was uh, was it almost the dead man ink? Uh, Undertaker, uh, Red Bugger, whatever his yeah. nickname was at the time. He had short hair as well, didn't he? Which <laughs> kind of looked a bit odd. Um, but he was he, he was the bad guy. He was a very vicious, nasty heel. Um, and Jeff Hardy was the ultimate underdog in this contest. Oh, it's absolutely brilliant storytelling, brilliant match, brilliant moments. Just really, I look back on that with such just a great mindset. It was really, really good. Um, Then you put it up as well. And then no matter who votes for it, (laughs) we win. (laughs) Well, I could do Max. I could do. Uh, Could you imagine the uproar if we did that? If we both put the same match up and stuck with it, people would just be like, you know, (laughs) 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 you you say it's our show and we go wherever we want. (laughs) Uh, No, Max, I need a 50, 50 draw. (laughs) Yeah, that's it. (laughs) I need a win, mate. I need a win. I'm four or five shows down um, in total. I think, is it like five beyond now? Um, I don't keep track. I just know I'm winning. That's all I care about. Dickhead. That's the old WCW <laughs> mindset in me, isn't it? Eh? Number two, always having digs at number <laughs> one. Do you know I mean? 83 weeks. <laughs> <laughs> 83 poles. <laughs> um, I need a win. I, I want to. I want. I need to win. And I had so many options, especially when we had CM Punk. I, was, I had so many thoughts. Oh, we can go there. We can go there. You go back to Ring of Honor with Punk again. Um, so many choices. But then I thought, no, I, I want to watch a really bloody good wrestling match, a really top, top notch, top class, really good wrestling match, and one that I know everybody who I've interacted with on Twitter loves as well so what i'm going to do is there's actually kind of two links with this um one is the match before the main event on this match is for the intercontinental title um the match i'm going to is for the intercontinental title so there's one link you can go down that road or the secondary link is the dark match from night of champions 2009 was crime time do you remember those I do. Yo, um, yo, yo. Yeah, that's it. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. <laughs> uh, crime time facing the Hart Dynasty. Um, obviously, Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Tyson Kidd. So you've got the link of the Intercontinental title. You've got the link of the Hart Dynasty. Davy Boy Smith Jr. is on this card and so on. So I'm going to put out the big guns, Magsy. I'm going to go to Wembley, 1992 and have a look at the British Bulldog versus Brett the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. Oh, That's you, where I want to go. You absolute snake. <laughs> vote for Sam. 
Seriously, <laughs> I mean, as much as I want to win polls, I'm very competitive like that. I'm, any reason to go back and watch that match, I am happy to do so. So, but really, vote for me. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. Okay, so those are your options on the poll. We have a ladder match from the July 1st, 2002, wasn't it, Mags? 2002 episode, episode of Raw. Yep. Yeah, episode of Raw. A ladder match between Jeff Hardy and The Undertaker for the undisputed WWE Championship. A brilliant match. So many great memories there. Or we have Brett the Hitman Hart versus the British Bulldog from SummerSlam 1992 in Wembley Stadium for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, the vote, the poll, as always, will be on the show's Twitter at chain underscore wrestling there. Um, if you don't have a Twitter, just set one up. Just use it to vote for us. You don't need to do anything else with it. Join. <laughs> just, just follow us. We're all right with that. <laughs> uh, but you could also <laughs> you could also join the show on Facebook and Instagram at chain underscore wrestling as well. Um, and as we've said all the way through the show, this is your show. So anything you want us to do, cover, look at, discuss, let us know. Don't wait for us to suggest the topics. Put anything forward. We're mm-hmm. more than willing to happen. As as the kids say, my DMs are open, I believe is the term, Max, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> is that right? <laughs> it feels so wrong when middle-aged blokes with beards are trying to be cool with the kids. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, but there you go. Um, Maxi, where can people find you online, my friend? So you can find me there. On Twitter at Podfather Mags, um, mm. where I'm involved in way too many podcasts for any one human being. Uh, but I'm here all over the the, the network here at Techers doing um, football, wrestling, MMA, uh, and you can also find me on on other networks as well. There, where I'm, I have a, a show with uh, Tanner and Ori called A Changing Attitude, and we're really kind of really proud of that show. Um, it's really doing uh, great numbers, so definitely come and uh, check that out. But yeah, follow me on Twitter at Podfather Max. Yeah. It's funny you pointing at your name then as well, doing this, pointing down, I'm here sort of thing. Because obviously that doesn't work on the audio podcast. And we ran a poll or, or a vote the other day um, saying, how do people consume chain wrestling? And what I found really interesting was most people watch the live show, but then the same number of votes came in for the actual audio podcast recording as well. So that's, that's, that's great to know that even though we're doing a live show now that we've still got our audience from our sort of audio only time as well. So that's great. But anyway, people can, anyway, people can listen or watch It's always appreciated. That was all. That was a conversation that we had way before we uh, uh, started going live with the show. It was we always wanted to keep uh, that that audio uh, version for the audience because essentially, as Simon keeps reiterating, this is this show is for you. And we had we built up a following from the audio, and we didn't want to uh, kind of abandon them at all. So no. we just this hopefully is the best of both worlds, and people can if they want to see our beautiful faces, they can do. If they're horrified by by two middle aged men talking about wrestling in 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 person, you can listen to the audio and pretend that we're young. 
Yeah, that's it. That's it. With our youthful tones. <laughs> uh, okay, one last time. The poll for this week's show. Uh, next week's show, sorry. You have the July 1st, 2002 ladder match. Undertaker versus Jeff Hardy for the undisputed WWE title on Monday Night Raw. Or you have Brett the Hitman Hart defending the Intercontinental Championship against the British Bulldog from SummerSlam 92. Um, Magsy. It's been brilliant talking to you again, my friend. Everybody chuck the show a follow on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those wonderful places at chain underscore wrestling. You can find me at SJP words. I'm off now to watch Lex Luger win the world title with a nice glass of pilk. Magsy, I will speak to you next week, my friend. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> pilk.